The following is simply the opinions of two South Carolina citizens. The views expressed herein are not endorsed by any employers, family members, or government employees. This podcast may contain adult language, atypical thinking, and just plain craziness. Be advised that critical thought may be a side effect of exposure to this content. Enjoy the show. Conversation Kershaw County. I'm Matt. I'm Mike. I'm Paul. Paul is back again for episode 18 of the Vote Matt podcast. Um, we were all sitting around talking. We were going to talk about one topic, but this, our conversation changed. And we decided we're going to do this episode on something that's very important and, and personal to all three of us, and I'm sure to a lot of you listening. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about male mental health. You're going to see it from a few different viewpoints here too. Um, we got uh, Matt. I know you were you were military at yeah. one point. Mm-hmm. I never went into the military. Um, did some military adjacent things that gave me some similar experiences. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's there's a difference there. But the the camaraderie, the the tribe is still the same. Yes, having having other men with you. Um, for an extended period of time, that does something to your brain because that's how we evolved over millions of years. Um, and it's an important part of our species. So it's something we probably owe our survival to, quite frankly. Right. Um, and now we're seeing a lot about toxic masculinity and how it's an all bad thing. Mm-hmm. And I say it's not entirely. No, it's it's very crucial actually yeah. to for the survival of the human race. Um, you need brutal men who are capable of doing brutal things for the sake of survival. Um, and just because there's not a saber toothed tiger that's going to yes. wipe out your tribe in the night now, uh-huh. doesn't mean there's not the modern equivalent of that. Right. And the the dangers are still there, even within the perimeter of society. The dangers are still there. And we depend on men willing to do things. So mm-hmm. prepared, prepared to do things. Um, so, Paul, you you have a real unique story in your life, right? Oh uh, well, you, you, I, I you know I've got, from my point of view it was, but the more that you know I've uh, I've been in and out of VA hospitals, uh, mm-hmm. I've learned that I'm not unique. Yeah, at all. Uh, I've just managed to come out the other side of some things, mm-hmm. and uh, it's given me some uh, ideas on how I got where the places I went, mm-hmm. and why it seems to be much like uh, other things that I like to give, you know, called real in air quotes there. Um, just a disconnect. For a lot of guys, when they get out of the out of the military, mm-hmm. they, you you just you've gotten used to things a certain way, and it's just not that way. Yeah, and you know if you transition from one post to the next, 
Like say you're you're stationed in uh, well, we were talking about Savannah, Georgia, and then you go to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, or you go to Fort Lewis, Washington, down to Fort Hood, Texas. The scenery is different, but everything operates the the same. The bowling alleys, the, the same. bowling alleys, yeah. the NCO club. You have a, a church's chicken and a Burger King. They're all the same, uh, and you can expand that out to anywhere in the world, even anywhere. Yeah, you know, even you in, get in Germany, Iraq. Korea, any of these places. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I mean, I have not been to Iraq, but uh, I know men that have, and they say it's much the same. You yeah, know? when I was in Korea, I was there for fifteen months. And we were up on the DMZ, and you know we're the only Americans for 100 miles. Quite a ways. <laughs> um, and there were no American women up there. Mm-hmm. It was all males on our post. Um, but we had a bowling alley. Always got a bowling alley, man. You and, uh, baseball and apple pie. Yeah. Bowling. Yep. Bowling. Um, I think it only had three lanes in it, a uh, little camp house. It's not even there anymore. It's not even an American installation anymore. That, yeah. that, um, those poor bastards, man, they got fucked <laughs> during the Iraq War. They, they're forward deployed already. We were the we were the most forward deployed engineers in the Army at the time until the war broke out. Then, so those guys are doing a hardship tour overseas, no family, nothing. They took those guys from Camp House Korea, redeployed them into Iraq. They did 18 months there. Then from Iraq, put them in Fort Carson, Colorado. So while these guys were gone, not only did these families have to deal with these men being deployed into in Korea, then being deployed again to Iraq, they had to move themselves to Fort Carson, Colorado. Um, mm. Now you want to talk about fucked up situations that's going to cause a lot of hardship in a man's mm-hmm. heart. Um, <clears throat> not knowing that you're there to support and secure your family or knowing that you're not there, I should say, to secure your family and to move them, which is an extremely stressful thing. Then if you're a woman with kids and you're doing this by yourself while your husband's in harm's way, how horrible is that? A military spouse is an MOS, man. It's a total MOS. Yeah, but y'all don't have the same rank as your husband. Knock that shit off. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, rank is a, is a complicated thing now, isn't it? Uh, um, so what we were, we were sitting around talking about are – um, experiences as men and how we've gotten to where we are today um, it's it's different but similar mm-hmm. right um, and Mike when you brought up this toxic masculinity word that has come out of nowhere this phrase that just showed up in the past I don't know five ten, six years yeah pretty recent um, which basically means anything that is male is male yeah um <laughs> And if you choose to live your life that way and raise your children in that way, that's your that's your choice. You know, we're not judging, um, at least not openly. Um, <clears throat> and I choose to raise my kids differently. I get to tell them my kids are wild. You know, I, I remember when they were in grade school, they would call me that we have to have a meeting about your son. He won't sit still in class. He's disruptive. He's doing this. And I, and I would stop them right there. I say, is he getting his work done? Well, yes, he's finishing his work before all the other kids. And I said, is he getting good grades? He's doing it correctly. Yes. I said, this conversation is over, period. Give him more work to do. Have him do something. And we can't do that. That's not fair. I said, I don't give a shit about fair. 
give him more work to do. Fair. Um, fair. fair. Life's not fair, man. on pigs, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell my kids that all the time. Life's not fair, man. You better get used to it. Because if you think life's going to be fair, you're going to get kicked in the nuts. Yep. Um, uh, so and other dudes are going to laugh at you when it happens. Too. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> that's funny. That's like somebody gagging. I have I laugh every time when somebody fucking gags. Why is it so funny to see a dude get knocked out? There's nothing funny uh, about it. It cracks me up. Yeah, I, there's something funny. I just I, see that's dude, our toxic. See a dude get turned off. It's that's like, our uh, toxic masculinity coming out. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I mean, so we were talking about this tribalism that comes right. So we've all been a part of a tribe, whether you know it or not. Yeah. Um, if you're rooting for the Gamecocks or the Clemson Tigers, you're in this, this tribe that you didn't really, most of you didn't even buy in or like you said, you didn't go through the rite of passage. You, went through no you, rite of passage. you did right. not complete the ritual. Right. Uh, in the Army, you damn sure did go through a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of tribes today, there even still today, there's there's a, a manhood we right of passage into manhood. Yep. Um, I mean, fucking street gangs, man. You got to yep. get jumped into a gang. Yep. There, there's something hard and terrible you got to go through to be ex- fully accepted into that tribe, right? <clears throat> we we touched on this briefly with David's first episode. Yes, with uh, with the with the right of passage, and how that is something that's completely lacking in in our society now. Like it seems like the only right of passage is. Everybody gets into college debt and then is miserable for the next twenty years. Like yeah. that's that's the American rite of passage. That's now. fucking lame. Yeah. So <laughs> can't tell you how many friends I have that say going to college was the worst decision yeah. they ever made. Yeah. It's I'm not never, for everyone. I mean, it's not. It's, I don't advise my children to go into the military. I don't advise them to go to college. I say, dude, if you really want to set yourself up right in life, learn a trade. Yeah. Technical and work hard. HVAC graduate right here, buddy. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Thank you, GI Bill. That's right. So, <clears throat> with that rite of passage, and you're buying into this society, right? For me and you, Paul, it was the military. Um, it's very hard when you leave that society um, to fill that void in your life again. Because it is, like I've always said, tell people and ask me about the army, I say it. It was the worst, best time of my life or the best, worst times of my life. a great description of it. Um, Because some of the times when I was the most fucking miserable where I thought I was going to die and I just wanted to cry out for my mom, uh, looking back on him now, I'm like, wow, that was pretty fucking cool. (laughs) (laughs) You learn about yourself. Yeah, you do. My true self was exposed a number of times when I, in my mil- throughout my military career. Um, some of it I didn't like very much, and yep. I had to work on it. Uh, and some of it I was surprised myself. Um, but for me, when I got out of the military, I was lost, man, for like, I don't know, um, nine, seven years, six years. Mm-hmm. I had this feeling of like, this is it? This is what I this fucking worked it. so hard to do? And this is what I'm supposed to be striving to? I'm like, what the fuck, man? This is... And I said it before. Like, I was on a rifle range Friday training soldiers to being in a cubicle on Monday and being the fucking peon and somebody's yelling at me because my fucking lunch is stinking up the refrigerator. Yep. Like, 
what the fuck, dude? That that is messed up. And it messes with your head to where you feel like everything that you worked so hard for was all for naught. Nothing. And um, it's crushing. It really is soul crushing for a man. And I think that that's one of the big problems with, with our society now is there's no... There's very few outlets for a man to be a man now. There's no nothing is expected, right? Of an 18 year old boy coming out of high school, yeah. Nothing, nothing, at all. Right. I mean, go get a job. Most go, of the people around here still live with their fucking parents till yep. like 25 or yep. whatever. It seems like now you don't even get a taste of it until you go out and have a kid, mm. and then you a have lot to of step people up. are having kids in the fucking high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> around here or they get married as soon as they graduate they're yep. getting married and then they're divorced a few years later and they're they're skipping steps yep. like yeah people used to get married a lot younger a while ago you know few, like a hundred years ago right they had the rite of passage that they went through they, and stick yeah stick for 40 50 years i'm so envious of that it's, mm. it's so it's how i grew up thinking life would be you know you meet that one and yeah. it's it's your everything I got lucky. Yeah, I it's did. Just, yeah, and, and I, it's working I, I know yeah, sometimes you strike gold, lucky, man. And that's great. That's great. I just, it just seems, for me, anyway, it's just been elusive. So, all right, we're going to, let's stick to tribalism, but I want to get back to the divorce thing, too, for men. Like how that, and um, so the, the tribalism in today's society is fake. It is. It's a a fraud. Now, you have the real ones where where there are occasionally groups of men that that come together with Mm -hmm. something. A lot of times it's church. Yeah. Or hunting uh, hunting buddies. But Um, that's, that's, see, because I see that with martial arts academies. Yeah. So, like, I see some guys go out for a week hunting trip uh, Mm -hmm. in the fall. And, okay, so, yeah, they they get back to what it means to be a man for a week. Yep. And then they're right back to the office, and it's just right. And it's like, why? Why don't you flip flop that? Yeah, you don't come back recharged. <laughs> you come back depressed. Yeah, you're like, God damn, I gotta fucking leave this behind. And yeah. you talk about it for six months later, and the greatest time of your life, but it, you're miserable, man. Yeah. That's what I was. I thought, go to college, and this is what I'm supposed to do now because I'm I'm out of the army. I'm supposed to go to college and and get a degree and go start working and. Um, man, I've never been so depressed in my fucking life. So I've never, um, I don't know, this is, this is a different viewpoint here. I've never experienced depression in my life. I've gone through some shit. Yeah. A lot of it by choice, but I've never, I've never gotten Uh to that place. And I think a lot of that was, was personally from the, 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 that rite of passage that I went through. Mm -hmm. It was a very organized group we had a uh it was heavily native american based mm-hmm. the the dojo i was training uh bujikan taijutsu the sensei there he also ran a uh native american changing and quest for men oh um, cool this was a pretty large community um 100 plus people um there was actually one of the guys that started it he went out west and got into some trouble with some people in a uh, sweat lodge dying but um we never had any of those issues but uh yeah so it was a lot of sweat lodging it was a lot of which is pretty fucking miserable it it can be (laughs) it can be well to Um, a point then you're like oh yeah so like what we would do the basic one we we usually had guys come in around 13 Mm -hmm. um 
but I mean, there was no limit. I, I was 22 when I, when I did my quest and it was, it was a week. Um, you go through purification, which is a lot of sweat lodging. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go through, uh, empowerment, which is getting in touch with those quote male tendencies that you need to be into or female tendencies because there were, there were women that were going for, it's called a changing ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, you have impeccability and that's doing what's right. And then the quest or the change. Um, and after that, you could go on to quest into the next level. You can be a warrior, a healer, a connector. And they were missing the one other thing, which is why I didn't stick with it more that it needed. And that I think it fell apart. Um, in a lot of Native American cultures, there's something called the Heoka, the, the sacred clown. Mm-hmm. And that's to bring a little bit of levity and to kind of kind of break that seriousness and that's necessary it really yeah. is especially oh, yeah. you like any any military group you've got the clown <laughs> oh yeah that is essential it's 100 percent essential and it was missing that and that's why it largely fell apart but it was a great community and i was talking about when we were talking about with david is that's i could be in a conversation with other men like mm-hmm. family specifically yeah and you're always kind of like you got your dad and your uncles talking. You're like, I, I want to get into this conversation. Yeah. Nah. But no, after that, man, you had that moment. It's like, no, no, I'm a man too. Confidence. Yeah. It's, here's my two cents. Yeah. Um, and that stuck with me for the rest of my life. And uh, that's an important, important thing. So, it's very important to have that. Yeah. Um, I and see that's that, just one little ritual right there. Mm-hmm. And it we, doesn't take much. No. It doesn't take much. It's just... Uh, a self-actualization mm-hmm. really is something that, that um, it gives like, oh, wow, I can do this manhood thing. Yep. Like I'd have the skills ingrained in me. I, it's it's natural in us. And um, the fellowship part of it is very important. That's why um, a lot of veterans like to go to the VA or they join the American Legion mm-hmm. or the VFW uh, for that camaraderie and fellowship. Um and people like the fellowship of church. They like to, they go to, um, alumni dinners, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. There's, there's something that us as human beings are drawn to that camaraderie that, uh, us as men, especially, um, I think we need it. We do. We We need that fellowship with other men doing manly shit. I know. And this is probably a shitty thing to admit, but it is what it is. Um, if I go out of town working for like a week and I'm either by myself or with other men, yeah, it is hell coming back home oh, to, yeah. to the the talking mainly. It's, it's just a lot. And yeah. it's <clears throat> yeah, imagine sometimes like, a, yeah. Uh, when I was a drill sergeant, I'd go work 23 hours a day. And, and so I would stay over and work mm-hmm. and work, 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 then come home. And then it's like, hey, can you help me do dishes? The grass needs cut. And I'm like... Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? <laughs> now that's my ego yeah. coming into play. But you step up and you do it and yeah. you get through it. And and that's that's what being a man is. Right. But it, it's rough. <laughs> I mean it's well, it's a thing. That's a necessity to play that specific role. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was just a role. I was I was playing a part. Most definitely. Know? I I find uh-huh. most of life to be like that. Mm. You know, and 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 it it, it I'm finding it a little later in life here to to get confusing because 
There's things I used to believe and act on wholeheartedly that just no longer live in me anymore. Yeah, there's there's some things about growing up where you you realize like, wow, I was willing to willing to die for that, and it's complete fucking bullshit. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't believe I bought that. Yeah, they got me. Wow, they got me with that. Yeah, and, and uh, it's heartbreaking. I mean, it really is when, when you see that. Oh, I mean. I come along about six months after Kennedy's head exploded. Uh-huh. Uh, in all reality, everything in my lifespan that's been presented to me as good and honorable and decent yeah. has uh, revealed itself to be quite the opposite. Yeah, it's a fucking lie. And it's really hard to wrap your head around. Uh, it's really hard when you have children and realize that one day, you're not going to be around to look out for them. Right. So you know, it leads to trying to make up for lost time and by taking shortcuts that you just can't take. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it leaves you really needing the, the fellowship just to, to get other perspectives. Of how are you doing this, man? How are you doing this? Because mm-hmm. I'm not finding a lot of success. Right. And, and know, there's accountability and, and, and in fellowship, too, that's very important amongst men, holding each other accountable. Yes, it, very much so. And, uh, you know, I've gotten pretty good at taking that role upon myself, but I miss being held accountable mm-hmm. by other people that I respect and admire. Right. That's one of the reasons I jumped on this Clean August thing so quick is, I mean, all right, if we yeah. can hold each other accountable, yes. then yeah. it's going to work. I mean, yeah, and I'm dying, man. I don't want to fucking drink. <laughs> Not because I don't... Well, fuck it, man. I want a drink. Yep. I'll tell you that right now. I'll just be honest. We're being honest men. Fellowship. Right, but you're also doing an exercise in discipline. Yes. So, you know. Yeah, I'm not letting that weak part of me run my life. Amok, yes, because it will run amok. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and when that's a, that stuff, it's a hard habit to break. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I live my entire life realizing if I make one bad decision, one bad decision can put me right back to where it took me nine years to get out of. Yeah. One bad decision. And there's the ripple effects going forward, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember sitting in a reenlistment office and I had to choose. I said, I want to I want to go to Airborne School and I want to go to Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I want both of those. I said no. You could pick one or the other. I was like, I thought those. I thought those were a package deal. Almost. Well, he. I knew where they were. If I went to Airborne Scott, they were going to send me to Fort Bragg. Of course. And I didn't want to go Fort Bragg. I want to go Fort Campbell. And uh, Fort Campbell's overrated. I know, man. But I just wanted to wear that screaming eagle. It's a good and, uh, looking patch. Yeah. It's a really. Yeah, good I wanted to fly around patch. in helicopters and fucking rappel and all that shit. Um, it's all but, good. It's it's fun. Yeah. It is fun, but uh, then he was so like, is airborne. Yeah. It, you know. And he's like, well, you one or the other, man. I said, no, fuck this. I'm getting out. I ended up going right back in, but and I did get my jump wings. But um, that that one decision, the unit I would have went to, 326 engineers, and, four, and they were one of the very first conventional units to go into Afghanistan. They were one of the very first conventional units to go into Iraq. I might not have survived, and my kids would have never. Those rapid deployment units, you're going. Yeah, you are going. So I would have okay. never met my wife. I would have never had my children. I wouldn't be sitting in this seat right now. Like my life would be completely different. Um, 
so that's that's you know that gets in a whole other uh, you know esoteric conversation, I mm-hmm. guess. About yeah, I mean, that, you know, that, that's flights that. of fantasy. You know, yeah. I mean, we're talking about the residual effects of these fan. You know, yeah. So these things when um, I I when I found my current career, it filled a massive void inside of me. When we were talking before we recorded. Um, the, the brothership, the, the camaraderie of it is something I hold very near and dear to my heart to the point where I don't really want to get promoted out of my position. <laughs> I don't want to leave it. Um, cause I know what it's like to not have it anymore. And I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Um, and I think with, within our community, Mike, um, we have some strong, women mm-hmm. and some strong men and I guarantee all of them are struggling with something and they could use some fellowship yeah um, and I think it's important I mean the women's rights movement and equality and all that kind of stuff we can get into all that shit if you want to but I don't this is not what that's about all right so this whole conversation we're going to talk about men and what's it's a thing and it's important it is that's a different um, conversation yeah uh, the responsibilities that are heaped onto men are great. They are, um, they, they're heavy, right? Um, that pressure can get to some guys, especially if they feel like they're alone. Yeah. You know, that, and that they largely are tough. Yeah, they are. In our society, because they are. I mean, the stigma is if you start feeling like, man, I need some help. You're like, dude, don't be a pussy. Suck it up. Yeah. Pussy boy. And, and okay. So here's, here's the thing. Here. That is important. I think that that aspect is important too. The, the suck it up. Yes. Don't be a pussy. Yes. Because you're going to go get eaten by a saber tooth tiger if you go breaking down mm-hmm. crying in the middle of Walmart. Right. That's uh, going to happen. All right? right. It's it's not. Yeah, we live in a society, but it's not all safe. But there could be some encouragement. Like, mm-hmm. dude, you got it. Man. Yeah. Yeah. You there could be this. that too. Yeah. Go fucking do it, man. Don't yep. be a pussy, but you, you can do this. Yep. I showed up tonight. Thinking you were a totally different guy. Okay? Yeah. A guy that I went out and shot guns with that is farming stuff, right? <laughs> so, right off the bat, I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, you don't know these guys and you're not who I, who I thought you were. Yeah. I realize I'm at a point that I really, you know, I need, I need some fellowship in my life so badly that there was no way I was going to just beg out of this, mm. you know? So, uh, you know, I'm grateful. Uh, We're grateful you're here. I yeah. believe that there's a reason that I'm here. So. Absolutely. I yeah, know this you episode know, needed so. to happen. Yeah. Um, but it's all good. Uh, on some level, I'm a little disappointed because the other Matt I thought I was coming to hang out with, I really dug the time I hung out with him. <laughs> oh, you know? okay. But Maybe he's I've really now. dug this time. So, yeah. you know, it's a win-win for me. And we so. go shoot guns, too. Yeah. We're gonna That's go. That's awesome. We're getting into some cool shit. We're gonna. Mm-hmm. We're gonna. We got some big plans, man. We're gonna have some fun. Yeah. We're. This thing is gonna get big, and uh, I don't know. I got some shit inside my head that's gonna fucking blow some people's minds. I, yeah. I, I, you know. I, I'm. I'm. We're gonna have fun. I'm a showbiz guy. I'm a music guy. Uh, been in you know all aspects of the production production aspect of that. It's the it's the, the tools that I have at my disposal. The problem is, I'm just not an entertainer myself anymore. Okay? Yeah, I, I still have the abilities. My heart's just not in it. Yeah, 
It's just no longer who I am. Mm -hmm. And I think Grace Grace Slick said it best. Old people don't belong on stage. Hmm. They don't. Okay, not singing and dancing. You know, not trying to be the hot boy. It's because I'm not a boy. So it's not cool for Tom Jones to be doing his thing? You don't think that's a... <laughs> I'm certainly not in that. I'm not that long in the tune. No, but, but he's still doing a damn thing, look, and it's embarrassing to watch. Buy it, you know, if people will buy it, by all means. Yeah, but man. I've been trying to sell out for my entire life. The problem yeah. is, ain't nobody buying. Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Tom Jones. You do your thing. I keep getting those ladies to throw panties up on stage. This is interesting. You know, in the, in the mid '70s, my uncle Bobby. The most terrifying person I've ever known in my life uh, was Tom Jones' bodyguard. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a scary, scary guy. Hmm. Probably, you know, I, I patterned my whole life on one day being able to kick his ass. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if he's even alive. Is that, I still uh, don't want none. Is that a common thing with father figures in a men's life? I still don't want none. I've, I've had a... So when I was working security, a lot of my, my friends... They're like, they really wanted to see me and my dad fight because we yeah. were pretty evenly matched. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, and both of us knew it, too. We're like, yeah. it'd be a good fight, you know? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember I challenged my dad in a pool one time when I was young, and I grabbed a hold of him, and I was uh, just quickly jerked back to reality <laughs> that I was not a man. <laughs> well, <it's, you> know, <laughs> I think I was like 10, 15. I don't know, man. I don't 15, know. You remember the first time you ever picked a fight and you knew real right away? Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not winning this one. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, uh, yeah, I got nothing for this fella. There's something too There's about, a beauty uh, in that, though. Yes. There's a beauty in there is. defeat. Every man needs to get punched in the face really well, hard. You learn that it won't kill you. Yeah. You learn that it won't kill yeah. you. I mean, shit, I've been punched and knocked out before. Yeah. You know? That was my and first fight in first grade. I was knocked unconscious. Oh, my God. That's what got me into martial arts. I mean, it was... That's pretty brutal. First grade? Yeah. Yeah, first grade. And then... uh didn't see the guy again until sophomore year. Um, I was at another school doing dual enrollment, and uh, homeboy did way too much acid in oh. the interim. And we ended up being good friends after oh, that, cool. actually. Every dude I ever got in a fight with became a good friend. Yeah, no, a a treasured real, like, friend. Yeah. So You learn something about a man when you throw mm-hmm. rocks. What's, what's, I mean, what are people missing, the guys missing when they don't have that in their life? If you have a helicopter they, parent that yeah. constantly puts a nerf everything, they you know, puts padding on everything. Call of Duty and, and, and yeah. Fortnite and they get Or they drone Antifa and go fucking yeah. break windows and think that they're badasses yeah. by fucking, you know, sucker punching people. And there might be something to the camaraderie of Antifa. Being because the that's what they're missing. They were missing yeah. in their fucking youth. They didn't have it. Yeah. So they, yeah, fucked it. Let's go do this, man. And and they're together I doing it. I bet if you went through there, you either had two types of fathers in there, too. You either had absent fathers uh-huh. or you had... Overbearing. Overbearing. Militaristic. Or... or, or <laughs> cops. Friend. Dad friends. You know what I mean? Where, yeah. Where the dad's a friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I did a paper on This was my last paper in, in college. Was the the different types of dad and what type of yeah man it, it raises and like yeah I mean you got you got you're the overbearing you've mm-hmm. got the friendly the guy that's not a dad he's a friend and that's just as damaging I mean yeah you should yeah. be friendly with your dad but not but your dad is your dad your dad's not your buddy there has to be respect yeah. there and that's some conversations I had to have with my son is like look man I am not your friend I don't know where you're getting this this relationship twisted I love you more than I love myself. But I cannot be your friend, mm-hmm. you know. And now that he's older, 19, 
he's you know um, he's doing his thing. We can be a little bit more friendly. Yeah. Um, we hang out and watch MMA together. We talk shit about sports. We talk about girls, all that kind of stuff. You know. Um, but I definitely. I mean, there's been times where me and him have had to square up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to, like my dad did with me, I had to jerk him back to reality. Like, look, son, I can fucking kill you with my bare hands, but I'm just choosing not to. <laughs> um, so that, you know, when we're, we're kind of tap dancing around this depression issue, yeah. right? The male, the mental health of males and that, that guys are walking around fucking depressed because they're missing everything we've been talking about. They've missed it something about it right or they had it and they lost it yeah um you've got millions of years of our evolution as a species and before we were this species of of this is how things work or design yeah if you want to look at it that way and and this has come to an abrupt halt at about world war one is where i draw the line on it and i think that this started with a lot of fathers not coming home yeah and then that became that it became that and like i see it Within our own, my own family, looking back, and like my World War One fa- grandfather did come home, mm-hmm. but he came back a broken, shattered yeah. piece of shit that eventually died in a jail cell, drunk, falling over, and busting his head open. My grandfather like, had a horrible childhood. Yeah, you know, my great grandfather was a World War One veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, he got married, and they had my grandfather. My great grandmother had tuberculosis, so they had to, you know, go to Arizona. That was the treatment back then, and she died. They came home, buried her. The next stop, my great grandpa dropped my grandpa off in an orphanage and drove off. Yep, mm. fucking horrible. And then he got remarried, had a kid. She find out he has a kid in an orphanage. She makes him go back and get him. And so he goes to pick this kid up. How do you think that kid is going to look at his dad for yeah. the rest of his fucking life? Uh, and you know, that's yeah. terrible, right? And, uh, but, you know, back then, what, if he wanted to go to his buddy and cry about it, he'd be like, what are you, a fairy? You know, that's, I'm not buying that then either. Cause, cause it's, it, it still works now. Like, I mean, I've held a friend and we've cried together in a safe, private environment. Yeah. Not in the middle of Walmart. Right. Cause that's not safe. Just reiterate that. Yeah. And that's okay. Guys have emotions. Absolutely. We, we share emotions amongst each other more Absolutely. than you would think. And we just do it differently, and that's okay. Yeah, uh, it's totally fine, and that's part of the of fellowship. My right? main reason for taking a shower every day, man, it's <laughs> a safe place to cry. Yeah. Take a shower every day, yeah. every day, uh, <laughs> or stay at month. So I got a safe place to cry, man. I mean, you know, we're talking about it yeah. here. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it. You know, it's on some level, mm-hmm. it used to be embarrassing. I just don't care anymore. Yeah. I got to get okay, man. Yeah. I got to get okay. Yeah. You know. I've learned to, like, I, I, I use the metaphor of a cup. I've learned to pour my cup out a little bit every once in a while, you know. Mm-hmm. I can feel when it's getting full now because I have, I've gained some wisdom over time. Um, so I can let it out a little bit. And, um, you know, either through writing it down or through talking with somebody, or um, physical exertion, um, that sort of stuff. And I see a lot of guys that don't do that. They're, like, scared mm-hmm. to just pour, pour a little bit out of the cup. Man, it's not that hard. Um, 
once you take the step, though, that's that's the brave part about it. Like, mm-hmm. take the step over the line and just start. It'll come out, and and you won't hardly be able to stop it. And um, I I told the beautiful girlfriend the last time I cried was the day my grandpa died. Um, I cried for all of ten seconds, and I got an overwhelming feeling over me that. Um, he was there and telling me to knock it off. Don't cry for me. Knock it off. And I stopped crying. And I did. And I cried one other time in between that. And it was recently. And it was shocking when I started crying. I was in the middle of the night. I'm by myself. I'm fucking drinking. And I uh, had a really shitty week at work. and um, Which is about as shitty as it can get um, in the civilian world. And, uh, man, I just fucking started thinking about old shit and it came up and I I was fucking weeping by myself at two in the morning in my living room. And that right there taught me, like, told me the next day I was like, man, I'm never going to let that shit happen again. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm never going to cry again, but I'm never going to let my cup get that full to where it overflows and I lose control of it. And I'm definitely not going to be fucking drinking to try to deal with these issues that I'm having. Um, because you're just fucking putting lipstick on a pig, man. It It's not good. And um, I fell into the trap of like, well, nobody's going to really understand why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling right now. Because I'm the one who experienced this and nobody else has a, has experienced this. These experiences, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's a fucking lie. You know? Uh, it doesn't matter that somebody hasn't experienced the same exact experience as you. They've got something similar that they can relate to. Or if even if they don't, if you have somebody who's receptive to listen to you, that's all it takes, man. And, and if you have the opportunity to be that person for somebody, to be receptive and listen to what their feedback is, mm-hmm. that's an awesome responsibility, man. Take it seriously and, and really it's an awesome do the work. Yes. It's, it's, it's humbling, man. Um, <clears throat> so but, that just doesn't go for men either. Uh, women need that too. But yeah, but we're talking about men. So it's true. But <laughs> men and women need their own support circles. Yes, too. I mean, they, yes. they need their own for brotherhood real. and sisterhood. Y- and you know who's really good about emptying their cup periodically is women, because they'll get together and they'll have their their they'll talk amongst each other, they'll cry with each other, they'll give each other advice. But mostly, what they're doing is listening mm-hmm. to each other. And men could take that lesson to heart. Yeah. Um, if your woman is coming to you with some complaints and some like, man, work really sucked today. Don't try to fix her problems for her. That's my oh, problem, and, and that's that. apparently that's a that's a male problem. Yeah, I can't because we're fixers. About a problem and not fix it. And yeah, that's, it's that's very hard. It's not it's what a, they want. <laughs> that's a very hard lesson I learned in my my marriage. Um. And the advice was given to me by counselors, and I was like, man, fuck that. I know how to fix this problem, so yeah. why would I not tell my wife how to fix it? I'm going to go do the dishes and clean up the living tell, room. I'm <laughs> going to do it. I just do it. Yeah. I'm a, pro- I'm a problem solver like that. Uh, I think all men are. We, we, we're problem solvers. We're fixers. We're, we're doers. We're, we're, act- we're actors, right? Yeah. Um, and we could take that page out of the women's book, guys. Like if somebody wants to tell you about their day, just fucking listen for a minute, man. It doesn't take that long. It's not, and you know, if somebody's going through some hard shit, you can sit and listen, right? Um, 
So that's, you know, whatever, my little bit of wisdom I could add to that. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, a, it's an important thing. Um, I don't know that we're equipped to deal with that as much. No, I mean, I it's, we can it's hard. It takes practice, man. It has yeah. to be a conscious thing. It doesn't yeah. happen automatically. But the, the practice, you know, the practice, some of us just have, we're at, we're, we have, uh, we're designed better for certain roles. Like, yeah. I can give a good example. You know, let's take Dwight Howard, for instance. Mm. Is there any chance that I'm a better basketball player than Dwight Howard? Uh, Probably not. No. But I guarantee you I shoot free throws better than him. Mm. And you'd rather have me at the line with the game on the line than him. Yeah. So <laughs> somewhere, mm. somehow, I am a better basketball player than Dwight right. Howard. Right. So, you know. And, 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 you know, with, with men and women, too, we have different strengths and weaknesses. Be they biologic or whatever, they're observable. They're obvious. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay. It is. It is okay. okay. And that's it, it that's important okay. when choosing a mate, mm-hmm. too, is do you, do your uh, – your, uh, do you jive together yeah. like that? You know, do your strengths, are your strengths, her weaknesses and are her strengths, your weaknesses and all that. You have to, it's very hard to find somebody like mm-hmm. that. Well, plus as time goes, you become different people, whether you, yes, you that's know, true. whether it's not even a matter of, of wanting, mm-hmm. it's just the time turns you into, the next thing you're going to be. Yeah. And you have some choice, but not complete control. You're right. Yeah. I mean, you can shoulder the load that you don't want to carry and just be miserable. Some guys do that out of duty and loyalty. Like they just, you know, you know what I mean? They want to, um, like they feel I have to be, a strong man for my wife and kids. And even though I'm not happy, um, this is what is expected of me. Um, so I guess, you know, we're talking about relationships, you know, um, I can talk about my, my divorce and how it affected me. Um, I think we can even bring it in cause we saw that in the, in the group this week. About, yeah. I don't remember what exactly it was about, but, it was just, it was the shitty dude, that that meme with the the piece of shit gangster dude. Oh, you, you yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, stop uh, getting letting these guys get you pregnant. Yeah, yeah. It, women, you got it. You gotta respect your worth. Mm-hmm. You can't give anything more than the time of day to these piece of shit dads. Yes, because that's just gonna bring about the next generation of piece of shit dads. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's important on a biological level. On a, on a species level. Yeah, and don't let their DNA propagate. Yeah. Fucking kick them out Shut of the gene pool. Yeah, that whole thing, that whole game, it's uh, on some level, you know, it makes me grateful to be an, an elderly gentleman, almost a senior citizen at this point. Uh, that whole thing has changed to a point now where it's more or less manageable uh, but uh, it's just a strange dynamic especially for young men and, and young people not even knowing you know it, a lot of that stuff is just it's chemicals run amok mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah, and some of it is exogenous it, chemicals it, that they're putting in their body. Yes, you know? sir. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. You know, there's so many variables to attraction. Uh, one of the hardest things is to realize when there's just none. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just because somebody looks pretty doesn't mean you should stick your dick in. i tell you what, though. <laughs> for for my, my good luck, the, uh, the first moment I saw the wife... She was sitting in a chair. I was working security. Yeah. And she was sitting there. I'm like, those are some baby birthing hips. And they were indeed. <laughs> and, and I got lucky yeah. and it worked. It, it worked. Uh, we're going on, what, 12 years now? I mean, it's, it worked. So. And it uh, it just works. We uh, we make it work. She she stays at home. She, she handles the kids. I handle making the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that works. Got a lot of kids. It's kind of necessary to do it this way. Um, it's, yeah, how much would daycare cost for? It'd be five outrageous, <laughs> um, and it. Uh, I mean, it wears on her for sure. Being home all the time, uh-huh. I know it. I mean, she's been talking about getting a job, and that may be possible at some point. You think um, that's some uh, like modern societal pressure that I think two, she just needs two some, income families, or? some time to oh, okay. <laughs> decompress from yeah. kids, which I understand a lot mm-hmm. i mean like i said earlier it's tough coming home after after nothing yeah for like a week jumping um, into chaos yeah <laughs> which but, is actually a controlled chaos by a, an yeah. awesome woman yeah right yeah. <laughs> so but no she does a great job and it works so. yeah so for me i thought i thought i was going to be married for the rest of my life i thought i met the woman of my you know that i was meant to be with and um, and it was great, but we struggled, had hard times, and through the hard times, we had fun together. We had we found a way to, you know, make our struggles our good times. And um, but when that ended, I felt like a complete failure as a man, right? Um, it was my fault that it happened the way it happened, and um, nobody's ever going to want to be with me. I'm old now, and I wasn't even that old then, but... Uh, um, you know, I had a massive responsibility of my two boys mm-hmm. are in the house with me. I have to keep a house with, um, some other, um, crushing debt that I had no idea about until I tried to refinance. And, um, so the, the pressure, the, the stress of that damn near killed me. Um, but it's what we live on too. I mean, yeah, personally, like, I mean, that's, that's the motivator. That's, yeah. Uh, I did some fucking crazy shit, some mm-hmm. amazing stuff in order to keep that house. Like yeah. I worked my ass off. I got promotion. I got, you know, all this stuff to just so I could feed my boys, keep some sort of normalcy in their lives after the rug just got yanked out from under them. And, um, and that's just my one unique situation it was the situation that was thrown in my lap i didn't choose that situation it was just like here it is man sink or swim and um you know so leaving the military i had that hollowness inside of me right Mm -hmm. i missed that that brotherhood and camaraderie and then now i my lose my partner in life she's gone and it was it got dark man it got really dark for for a little while and then i found my current career and um i said i want to do that and i made a plan and i set goals and i achieved those goals and i uh, accomplished my plan um 
and it's not like it was easy. It was hard. It took years to, to accomplish. It took years and a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrificing time with my kids um, on my own dime um, to do it. And when I found that brotherhood and camaraderie through all that hardship that I had gone through, um, it was an instant fit, mm-hmm. the perfect missing piece. Um, so we're, you know, as talking about relationships and choosing a mate for life or for the moment, you know, whatever, I think, um, you can be picky. <laughs> it's okay to be picky. You need to be. Uh, yeah. Both, both people <laughs> need to be picky. Please. <laughs> um, have some conversations about how you would handle different situations in your life, like budgeting issues or um, who's going to work or who's going to stay home. Um, where do you want to live in the future? You know, that kind of stuff is um, for me, it's, it's freaks me out a little bit, man. Cause I have a little bit of a, a issue with commitment to women, you know, over the last few years. Cause I got fucking burned royally from, giving my life to one. Um, and it, you know, kind of, I learned now that I was a co- codependent relationship and mm-hmm. it was really unhealthy for me, the things that I was sacrificing and doing in that relationship. And, um, now in hindsight, I can look at my current relationship and, and say, I'm not going to make these mistakes again. Um, that's one of the good things about being a man, you know, is that, um, we're pretty resilient. We can fuck up royally and make a comeback. There's guys who really fuck up in life, go to prison or do make terrible decisions and then come out and make, you know, something great out of it. Um, so Paul, you said you've had some run-ins with the law, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes. And have you learned from those, that, did you take those into your, like, how did, how did that affect your life to, to where you are right now? Oh, goodness. Um, Hmm. I assume you learned you didn't want to go back. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't like. I don't like. My, I don't do anything that will cause me to have any police interaction. Anymore, yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple things I do that are illegal, but they've just they're on the verge of becoming socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, I I don't understand. I, I look at. Just the absolute havoc that alcohol has wrought on almost anybody yeah. I know that's ever used it in excess. Yeah. Um, I thank good I thank goodness after that was never my thing. Mm-hmm. All it did was mess up my judgment. Yeah. You know, that's all it ever did for me. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, I don't see myself having any trouble with the law. I, I recently took a CWP class because mm-hmm. I've lived my entire adult life Believing that I was a felon. Yeah. Well, as it turns out, I wasn't. <laughs> so, you know, now I can own guns. So yeah. I instantly went out and bought like a half dozen guns yeah. to conceal weapons class. <clears throat> well, I recently it hasn't came, so I got with SLED, and they're like, yeah, something came up in Louisiana you need to find out about. Well, as it turns out, I have a charge. And I, I, like I said, I have no secrets. I got arrested for possession of crack in 2009. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're, they're just a, it, was a, it was a shabby case. They didn't want to spend a waste of money on the case. So they, the case just kind of went away. Yeah. So I assumed it was just gone. But that arrest 
that, you know, I, I can get a letter of dispensation from the DA, but for that, I have to get a background check from the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office. And they tell me I can do it over by, via email, but when I try to do it via email, I've had two different people tell me, no, we're going to need you to come into the office. Mm. So you know what that means, They're right? lock you I'll up. I'll never go to Louisiana again in my life. <laughs> okay, and I've walked yeah. around without carrying a gun for my entire life mm-hmm. except for while I was in the Army. Yeah. And I've been okay, so that's why I tell people I'm, I'm going to use I'll these two guns that God gave me. I'm not afraid to. I, 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 my superpower is I heal. Yeah, <laughs> I heal. That's what I do. Yeah, and you're probably so, smart enough not to get yourself into situations where you know you're going to need to get in a fist fight. I, I, I. Well, you know, I there's, can that, look there's up. that little part of me inside that <laughs> yeah. totally, you know, yeah. it's been a few days. It's been a few minutes since I knocked somebody mm. out. You know, do I miss it? No, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you ever lose that either. Like the, the, okay, I, I want to fight that guy. Look, like, there's you know? something about <laughs> measuring yourself against yeah. another man yeah. that just, and you know, I'm, I've had open heart surgery. I'm physically compromised. I got, you know, I, I, I am, uh, there's a lot of miles on this unit. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't think that way. <laughs> I shouldn't. Yeah, by, no. all, by any stretch mm-hmm. of imagination, I shouldn't think that way. Yet, two, three times a day. Mm-hmm. I like to knock his shit loose. <laughs> yeah. you know? I bet I fucking drop that bitch right there. <laughs> and, you know, you want to be able to turn it off, mm-hmm. but can't. I no. keep waiting for that day I wake up and it's just not there. Yeah, nah. And, uh, you know. You let us know when it goes. Yeah. The last. I will. I will. I'm getting numbers. Mm-hmm. The second I wake up without that, I think I'll throw myself a parade. So, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, we all go through hardships as men. They're, they're unique to us, but they're not really new, unique, you know. Um, we talked about fellowship and, and having that amongst other men. And I think that's something we can do with our group is, yeah. is start, you know, having fellowship with other men and women could get together and do their thing um, outside think, of traditional, um, you know, fraternal organizations. Yeah, you know? I'd, I'd like to see it in our group of, of relatively like-minded people because mm-hmm. I've got no interest in getting involved in a church down here. Mm-hmm. Um I can chime in on that real quick. I must because these people did a lot for me. When I first got here, my ex-sister-in-law drugged me to celebrate recovery at uh, the River Church here in Camden. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I, I was... I met people in that Celebrate Recovery and in that church... They're a part of my life to this day mm-hmm. and will be. I, I hold them in high regard. And uh, that being said, I understand it's not for everybody. I've been to multiple VA rehabs. Mm-hmm. I've never been to, like, the Betty Ford Clinic or anything like that. Uh, I couldn't afford it, for one. Right. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, the VA has been my mama, mm-hmm. more or less. Yeah. The Department of Defense and the veterans, since I was 17 years old, they've taken care of me. Uh, I, I, you know, the first thing they taught me when I enlisted was how to stand in line. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that irritate me about using the VA because everybody, and it, I think it's what, what 
irritates a lot of guys when they get out. Everybody in civilian life thinks they're just special little flower yeah. that deserve to go to the head of every line they stand in. I learned how to stand in line in the first yeah. five minutes. Yeah. You learned I you're not fucking it. special either. I am not special. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, one, I'm one of millions. Right. You know, but I'm part of something that's so much bigger than I'll ever be. Which right. is weird because that's what basic training is all about is, is breaking um, that. Yeah. And then it happens when you get out. Like, I don't know. It's. Yeah, I think it's kind of a rebellion thing, yeah. really. You know, like some guys, when they get out, they're like, man, fuck authority. <laughs> <laughs> you just go, I'm, I'm very anti authoritarian. Yeah. Uh, very much so. But I always have been, even when I was in the army. I well, was, you know, my hair was as long as I could possibly get it, you know. <laughs> and still pass inspection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but. You know, I was I was a very good soldier. I took it very seriously. Um, my skills. I wasn't one of those fucking parade soldiers that, you know, look good on parade but can't do shit in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I think now is the time to bring in the lovely girlfriend. There we go. She's here at the undisclosed location deep in the heart of Kershaw County. She is here. She's actually always here, but I uh, constantly browbeat her and stare her into silence because she always wants to try to join us. So thank you, baby, for coming. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So the patriarchy allows you to speak now. I guess so. Wow. I had no idea they were going to go like that. We're sitting here having a conversation about men's mental health. Yeah. What, as a woman... What, if I say men's mental health, what does that mean to you from the outside looking in? Um, from the outside looking in, I think it's uh, like just overall, I think it's misunderstood. Yeah. I think it's a necessary conversation that needs to happen that isn't happening. It's starting to a little bit, right. but there needs to be more of it. Um, and I say women are pretty lucky that we're having this conversation instead of lashing out like our ancestors would have, because yeah. it would be pretty fucking bloody. You know, I think it's it's nice to kind of sit back and be a fly on the wall and, yeah. and listen to y'all talk. Um, but it, there definitely is a different perspective. Like earlier, you said something about um, the, the toxic masculinity being vital or necessary or however you phrased it Mm -hmm. and i it's it's interesting because that's i guess where a different perspective comes from right because for me i understand y'all's point in what you're saying where you're like it's vital it's necessary because a man has to be able to do the the brave unthinkable thing you know he has to be able to kill he has to be able to let me ask you this protect if you, if you call the police no, listen, do you want a male her, cop to show up or a female cop let me let me finish <laughs> okay so in my mind you're allowed to finish in my mind <laughs> <laughs> oh boy in my mind there's a difference between what you're describing as toxic masculinity and in my mind, what toxic masculinity is. So, I want you as a man to be able to be brave and do that uh, difficult thing and protect me and kill right. for me if it came to that, if it was necessary. But in my mind, when it toxic masculinity, what I think of when I hear that is dangerous in an unnecessary way. 
Does that make sense? But there are some women out there that think opening the door for them is toxic. Right. Well, those women are idiots. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's. But do you see to- what I'm saying? Well, it's a. That's a. You're talking about like criminal activity. I guess for me, there's dangerous. masculinity, which is what y'all are yes, describing. But it's getting labeled. And as. then there's toxic masculinity. Well, they're just fucking assholes. When I think of toxic masculinity, I think of someone who's being that powerful man, but not because there's a threat. Right. But because he's angry. Or feels and like he's in a position of authority. Or, right. Exactly. Sure. Or maybe he's depressed about something so. and he doesn't know the right way to express that, you know? Right. The, or exactly. He's scared. Which is why these conversations confused. are important and why mm-hmm. it's good to eliminate that. Yeah stigma behind it so you and i've been together for a little bit a little bit and you've seen my masculinity i have and probably some that you would label as toxic uh at times not often so how does does my toxic masculinity (sighs) manifest itself for me i don't know i don't even know if i would just you operate in extremes (laughs) <laughs> and that's just you and your personality. I'm a little intense. You're intense. <laughs> and yeah, there's the only, like to me, the best way to sum you up is that you operate in extremes. So I'm bipolar. Thanks. No. You're either extremely laid back or you're extremely disciplined. Uh, you're. Yes. Yeah. You're agree. passionate. Uh-huh. I can be pretty passionate about being lazy. You can be pretty passionate about being lazy. <laughs> if you have it in your mind that you're not going to do anything for that day, you are not going to do anything yeah, for that day. Yeah, and I get pissed day. off if something and comes up. And you will get pissed off if something comes up. <laughs> no, it's fucking lazy day. Because it's lazy day. God damn it. Yep. But um, I'm trying to think of like an example where you've been toxically masculine. I'm usually pretty conscious about the things. You are. Pretty, to your credit, you very, very much are. I try to be very thoughtful because in my past, I have been like fly, fly off the handle, fucking angry about something mm-hmm. stupid that is really my fault that I was just lazy and should have done in the first place. Yeah. And I'm lashing out because I want to win. You You've know? lashed out a couple times, but there has never been a moment where I've thought, this isn't okay. I'm not safe. He's gone too far. There's never been a moment of that. Well, that's good. So, <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to think some more on if I can think of it. And I didn't just beat you out in the driveway to make you say all that stuff? You didn't, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, I think getting a female's perspective is pretty important on this. Yeah, and and I think having the conversations like we've had, um, beautiful girlfriend, uh-huh. about my flaws yeah. About your flaws and how we're going to handle it. This, those are, if you're not having those conversations with your partner, you're doing it wrong, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a lack of respect, actually. Thank goodness, even in the times where we have made the mistake of not having those conversations or we're miscommunicating mm-hmm. or we're angry at each other, we, we still always come back to it yeah. and say, Some, we've got to hash this out. We've got to figure this out. Something I learned is to apologize quickly. Which I'm grateful for because... Um, don't wait to yeah. apologize. And I've told you this, but I'm like, oh, look, I'm in a relationship where we talk about things, yeah. you know? You know, I've told you in my last relationship, he yeah. he refused to, to talk. We didn't communicate yeah. about anything. And so it's been pretty refreshing. So, uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's always been the complaint about me with, with the wife and, and past relationships is... We, we have a great relationship. The wife mm-hmm. and I, 
maybe one or two fights ever. Yeah. Because um, I usually just cave. Mm-hmm. And I keep it bottled up. And Don't do that. And, yeah, right? <laughs> I, I told her. I, I try to go kill snakes on Minecraft. Yeah, to, yeah. I tell her I express both my emotions on a daily basis. They're hungry and horny. <laughs> and, and I don't see the need for many more. But it, uh, I don't know. That's that's how I grew up. My my dad was never into emotions. Like, mm-hmm. this just not something he showed. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah. And it, it's, yeah, you keep it all bottled up and you take it out on something else. But... I think that's a common theme for men from an outside perspective. They they are told to bottle up their emotions. So let me ask y'all, do you think generation by generation by generation it's getting better? Um, because I, I look at generations as that anyways. Each generation is raising the other one better than what they were raised. That's I, definitely ideally. Case, so I wonder, you know, if you were taught bottle up those emotions – as a father now, you don't want to teach your kid that. So do you think slowly as generations are being born, it's eliminating that? Maybe incrementally. Like, I still don't, I don't encourage the boys I, to break down in the middle of Walmart. But, right. Um, I think that the, the internet has played a, a good role in disseminating information about this where guys... Maybe in the past were like, I don't know what the fuck is going on with me. I feel, you know, they didn't even know how to vocalize. I'd their argue emotions. more though that in the past, men had more community of other men to go take care of these things, and that seems to be something so? lacking now. Yeah. But this is so interesting because you guys are talking about how important it is to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. But then you're yeah. saying, but, that's like, but I'm not going to let my son. <laughs> no, 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 not no. in Walmart. That's the but difference. that's what you're saying. So, like, hey, man, so let's, let's talk about that when we get home. Yeah. That's what I would tell my sons. Like, I recognize my So hypocrisy. you can be sensitive, <laughs> but not too sensitive and only in the right place. Right. I've reached Correct. a point where I just feel that, that uh, my experience and my collection of knowledge, we've reached a point where it just doesn't apply to the world that's coming mm. oh okay it just doesn't apply mm. uh, I'm seeing a lot of things being done to another generation of children through music and movies that I'm aware of what happened to me in the 80s yeah um, the conditioning well just uh, the gender bending and all of it. Desensitizing. You know, look, everybody's got a right to be who they feel they are. Uh-huh. I don't feel that I have to play along with your fantasy just to make you comfortable. Yeah. You know, uh, Bruce Jenner's always going to be Bruce Jenner to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, does that make me old school or does that make me a bigot? What does that make? I guess it depends on who you ask. Thank you. Everything is like that. (laughs) Every little thing. Uh, So, you know, my son's, one's 28, one's 13. We're three different species of human beings. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. We have very, very little, little minute pieces of common ground. And we spend the rest of the time trying to figure out how to bridge those gigantic gaps. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know that I'm that I have it within me to be able to adapt to this new world. Uh, you know, and it's it's not new, but I know that in six months, in six months, they've turned this into something that's basically just unrecognizable to me anymore. Yeah. Has it really affected where I stand in life in any way? It's not changed my life one bit. Yeah, is that good or is that bad? I'm in the point where I'm trying to figure just that out. Mm-hmm. Do I even rely on any of my old knowledge or talents because they just don't apply to this new world? So how do I show my children how to be? I think they're in a much better situation to show me how to be on, on, on many levels. Mm. Huh. I'd say the most important thing that, that we could teach the next generation is, is just resiliency. Of being able to... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be shitty and there's going to be good. And just I take mean, it. God, <clears throat> with the world they've grown up yeah. with, I don't think they need to be taught that. Yeah. I think it's... No, seriously. It's, yeah, my well, son was born all this in ingrained in them. And, yeah. And the, the they know so no fixed. other way. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> they, 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 unfortunately, you know, in my oldest son's lifespan, they've made intelligence artificial. No longer you have that guy on a job site. Then look, he doesn't, he doesn't just know everybody's job on the site. Mm-hmm. He's done it. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's like so compart- every part job. of life is so compartmentalized anymore and specialized that common sense is dying. Huh. Yeah, I, I work in a very common sense field where um, – not having common sense will get you and other people killed. So we rely on the older generation in my career to pass along their wisdom because a fucking book is not going to teach you the things we need to teach. Um, And I'm nervous about my um, boss, my my direct supervisor leaving. He's going to retire like this year next and I'm like, oh man, that's gonna be a fucking some big shoes to fill. I don't know. I'm looking around. I'm like, I don't who's know gonna fill it? who's gonna do this, man. Yeah, who's gonna fill in this? Who's, yeah. who's gonna take this old man's spot? I hope they don't pick me because I'm not up to the task. I don't think. Did you work commercial construction or residential right HVAC? Uh, man, I. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you're living under a bridge, you take what you can there get. You, go. you know, and what? you apply. The talents you have that are applicable, and you bullshit the rest. No, I mean, I'm for sure. sure you know as a man. Yeah. How many jobs have you taken where you really have no idea what you're doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. But and yeah. Immediately, like, oh, hey, fuck, how am I going to do this? I can show up, and yeah. I can give good, honest effort. Yeah. Uh, that counts, take you man. far in life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you talk about the job site where everybody's knowledge is compartmentalized, and there's very few guys. you got some of the old-timers left still around that, that – can give advice on how the other traits should do things. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, that's something that's leaving is people not willing to accept that input oh, and yeah. just ignore it. And then your schedule's delayed and everybody's fucked up and it's just a bad scene. Um, yes, indeed. It's, uh, like I said, the world, it's just, it leaves me walking around feeling like the dinosaurs must have felt at some point, you know, uh, and yeah. then I look even back at, like, my grandma. She passed away at 92, man. 
She her lifespan went from horses right. to freaking space shuttles. The changes they went what through. What a time to be alive. Yeah. Guess what? This is a better time to oh, be yeah. alive. Oh yeah. This is a much better time to be alive yeah. than that. So I guess yeah. like they like they sit on uh I'll lose the goose. We gotta we gotta surf this wave. We yes. Don't don't resist it. Don't fight it. Yeah. And I'd say don't embrace it all the way either because yeah. it's it's still fluid. And, I'm a boogie board on it, not yeah. surf it. I cannot remember <laughs> which one of you had said it, but it was in an old pos- podcast where you said "flow with the go." You don't go with the flow. You flow that with was, the go. Uh, was that Tom? Who uh, said that? Tom. Was it me? Okay. You said that. Yeah, but I, I mean, Hicks and Gracie's the one who came up. He's the one who said it. Well, it's still stuck with no, me because I, I just. You go ahead and claim I was like, dang, you don't that's know the. Damn, he's the fucking <laughs> champion of the Gracie family. I just think um, that's an incredible kind of motto to carry on through life because. Yeah, it's um, it definitely applies now. Like we need to be it really does um, flowing with the go right now because things are changing at a breakneck speed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a very well timed and and executed plan that is being played out in front of us, and um, hopefully, men will get their shit together very quickly. There's a lot of guys out there who have their shit together. I'll say that probably majority, probably majority, and um, but the other guys who are who are lagging, y'all might want to get caught up here soon, real soon, um. Because, uh, you know, when the virus hit and the fucking shells went bare, like that, uh, I bet there's some guys out there with some tight buttholes that were like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I better learn how to fucking cook some meat or it's something. A, learn how to go. You better learn how to produce some meat. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. Or have a network of people where we can rely and help on each other, help mm-hmm. each other out and learn from each other. Right. Yeah, a, a few months ago, I seriously considered that I just ate the last ribeye steak I'm ever going to eat. Yeah. And I seriously could, you couldn't get them anywhere. Yeah. And if you could, they were 20 bucks a pound. Yeah. You know, and at some point, you know, my youngest son likes that cut, and I'm sitting here thinking, next time I see him, I don't care. I'm buying all that they got. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't because... I haven't seen any since then. Yeah, that, I mean, I see it at Food Lion. When the butcher comes out and puts meat out, man, people are taking it right back off yep. the shelf. And I'm one of them. Um, like, if I get, if I need one, I buy two. And um, I think that's just a wise policy. It really honestly. is. Honestly. Like, <laughs> it's a military um, thing, too, is one, one is none. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, I it's better to have and not need than need and not have. If I can get one for this, give me 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, realize my favorite cut steak too. I haven't had one in a long time. Like a good fillet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not enough fat for me. Um, I had a Denver steak. We made Denver steak. That's that good. Um, not a fan. Like uh, a good cheese steak with those. It wasn't my yeah. favorite, but it was pretty good. It's cheap. I'll give it that. Yeah, it was it's, cheap. We yeah. co- we covered That's it. That's why I make it with cheese steak. Yeah, you know, just yeah. make a cheese steak Slice with it. it. Yeah. Um. So back to the the male mental health um i see a therapist on a regular basis because i'm not fully equipped to um handle my issues by myself um and also i use him for um prehab right so i don't want to go to rehab after something bad has happened i want to be prepared for when something bad happens so I'm trying to equip myself with tools 
to um, deal with the situations that may pop up in the future. And um, most of the time, our conversations are like, how's everything going? And yeah. I tell them how everything is going. Cool, man. I'll see you in about a month. Yeah. All right. And it, But it's an accountability thing, too, mm-hmm. where, um, you know, he'd be like, dude, you know, how's your drinking going with, like, have you been drinking when you feel depressed? You know, and I'd be like, no. And he's like, why the fuck are you lying to me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? And uh, um, so that's something I, I work on. I hold myself accountable and he helps me hold myself accountable, really. Um, speaking about it to other people is, is an accountability thing. Um, something I started doing at work is when we get back from a job, I'll just fucking straight up talk about I don't. I don't ask anybody for permission. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, that was fucked up. Um, what do you think? And we talk. And it just happens organically. I mean, yeah. it really not because I'm setting these dudes up to talk. But normally they would just go back to fucking watching whatever. But I want to talk about it, man, because it's important to me to pour my cup out a little bit. Um, and if you guys are listening, you're surprised. I've been fucking setting you up. <laughs> don't be a bitch talk about it there you, go. <laughs> you know that old advice that like our dads used to give us like hey don't be a pussy you know put some dirt on it that kind of shit that there is there is need for that there's a place times. for that there's a place for it um, <clears throat> but there's also a place for you to um, be a little exposed and raw you know uh, I think it's important man I know we do every year we do uh, we call it Manfest um, we have this website back in the day it's called Arthur's Hall of Viking Manliness. Mm. Bunch of dudes talking shit about guns, tobacco, and various being things. Being manly. And being manly. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually that fell apart. But not before we had our first meetup. We went to uh, Knob Creek Gun Range in Kentucky. Cool. That place is badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the first year we had about 20 guys show up. And I remember telling my dad, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go drink and hang out with a bunch of strangers from the internet. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're going to die. I'm like, maybe. <laughs> but uh, That's a risk, risk I'm willing <clears throat> Yep. We got there and you had a bunch of different types of guys. He had the, the bros. Mm-hmm. He had the young gone puppies that just wanted to follow around Arthur. Yeah. Who was a uh, big burly lad. Um, and, uh, and you had a couple of us that were more into the spiritual and, and masculine aspects of, of connection. Yeah. Um, I go see every time I'm from Greenville, I see my, my friend Crows. Um, and, uh, we, we still do this every year. Um, we all go up. You're coming in the fall here, by oh, the okay. way, you're going to come up to mini Manfest. Cool. Damn it. And, uh, anyways, it's, it's Manfest is a week long. Mini Manfest is just a weekend, but, uh-huh. uh, the end of the last day, the last night of every one of these, we all get around the fire. Um, I'm our fire keeper, so I set up the fire, mm-hmm. and we uh, we share a, a hard cider that I make, awesome. um, and we talk. And uh, it's, a, it's a Viking thing. Uh, the the oath both host both an oath. Mm-hmm. Um, you uh, you boast about something, and you make an oath for the next year. Um, and we get pretty damn deep, and we all hold each other accountable too. And I don't. Not able to connect with those guys as much as I need to. Um, got guys in Canada and yeah. from all over the world, um, but it's a good thing. You always come out of that feeling better. Um, so I think it'd be cool if there's a solution we could see that more 
things like that. Not necessarily yeah. that exactly, but at the local level, because there's a need for it. We could definitely do that, man. Um, Sounds awesome. <clears throat> Does that you, sound, you can come I mean, too. It's you're kind of an new. odd bird. I mean, beautiful girl. I'm saying it you're, sounds awesome for the men to do if you yeah. wanted to no, make we, it into we, something yeah. it is, for it everyone. Is, yeah, it is. I'm uh, the odd bird. Wait, well, wait. you are an odd bird as far as women are concerned, right? Sure, wives, I'll agree with that. Wives and older daughters are. are Permitted. Uh, no, we uh, we uh, will allow it. They're uh, they're a very important part of the whole thing, um, especially that ceremony. Mm. Um, we got uh, I think our youngest girl. She's like fourteen. Um, she's been through some shit. Yeah. Um, and she's up there learning us old folks pretty well too. So yeah. uh, that's awesome. It's um it's cool, and, and um, that's a thing we need. That's a thing we need in our society now. It really is. So, uh, from an outside, from a women's perspective, that could be looked at as something that is toxic masculinity. Oh, there's a bunch of guys just going out shooting guns and getting drunk and sitting around a fire, and you know. But nothing about what he described sounded toxic. No, absolutely not. (laughs) I don't think uh, absolutely not. I think because we all break it down, and uh, I think it's amazing. No, I mean, um, it's, it's but there are there is a sect of society now that would look at that like oh god yeah you know these guys and like the yeah. first few years but we weeded out the puppies pretty quick yeah um, at hog tie one once um, awesome good time great story for another time <laughs> but um and to me it's like masculinity and and feminism or femininity whatever you want to call it, it it's like it turned into a, a competition and a mm-hmm. war. Well, and real feminism. Maybe this is, is where you think I'm an oddball because I d- don't believe in that. Yeah, like I, 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 I don't think you're odd. I think you're odd compared to the the, the standard today. Yes, there's been I, different ways. I of do right. believe to a certain point in gender roles. Mm-hmm. I I am comfortable in a in a. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Kitchen. <laughs> Not subservient, but I know I'm yeah, I'm it's... comfortable in a stereotypical female yeah. role. Well, you like to be led. And I yeah, and I would want my partner to be a stere like you you described, you know, your wife is the, the caregiver who stays mm-hmm. at home and you're the breadwinner. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah. That's Too bad. awesome. <laughs> but um yeah, so, so, but going, yeah, and I just wonder how much of the toxic, and this could be starting a whole other can of worms, but how much of the toxic masculinity turned toxic when there was competition created by females? Mm. That's a question. We could get question. into the whole uh, jobless numbers, too, like unemployment numbers. I think a lot of it, like that. a lot of it came about when, uh, when like social welfare became a thing, it, yeah. it became easier to get divorced and don't get me wrong. That was Important. as partially necessary. Like <laughs> there, there were a lot of shitty dudes out there. Right. Left yeah. a lot of women Some of those women positions. needed to get out of those yep. marriages. Yeah. There's a lot of situations though, where, it, I mean, our divorce rates are atrocious. I mean, it's, 50% isn't it? Yeah, it's higher. Like I think it's even higher than 50% now. So, I think it's like 53 or something. What's the like point of even getting married? You can work through a lot of shit. I know there's a lot of shit you can't work through. And if you can't, you need to send that motherfucker packing. You yeah. really do. I mean, yeah. as, a, as a woman, you need to send that Tolerate motherfucker Tolerate that packing. shit, man. I've had to pull a gun on a piece of shit guy here in Kershaw County mm. because this woman was not willing to stand up for the safety of her children and herself. 
and then he was still around for weeks after. I mean, yeah, it's, it's fucking it's, crazy, man. That's a weird codependent, sick. That's a that's a. Uh, and that's getting into a whole other conversation about about women and them understanding. You, you and all start your own podcast. Then that's what I'm saying. I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that goes into a whole other thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, um, can I throw something? Yes, sir. Absolutely. This point of it, real quick, since we are talking about the differences in genders, and it's just something that I've observed, mm-hmm. and like other things we've talked about that are observable. And this is not meant to be offensive. This is just purely an observation, okay? Mm -hmm. Men hang out together, and they say horrible things to one another. Mm -hmm. They don't mean it. No. Mm -hmm. And women women hang out together and say wonderful (laughs) things to one another, (laughs) but they don't mean any either. Yeah. So, and am I wrong? I could be. That's just what I've observed. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> and, and and this is where you can really uh, start to understand. Oh, goodness gracious. I, uh, I'm already in it. Let me go ahead and say it. This is how you can really define a bitch man. Mm-hmm. Gossips about everybody. Oh, okay. Ah. Well, a few of them around here. <laughs> it, it was one of the first things I noticed Look, down here. We, yes. we all discuss other people, but do you do it maliciously or you do it in an uplift, uplifting way? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, there's also the other thing of, you know, being purposefully mean to one another on purpose. Yeah. But yet we still just, we all laugh just as hard because yeah. the gag is genuinely funny. Yeah. Who cares if it's about my mom right. or my girl? It's funny. Or it Michelle doesn't Obama. matter. I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> well, that's. I mean, come on. That's an easy target. Right. If you're gonna walk around like an easy target, you can't be upset when people take shots at mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And or, you know, that's another Facebook thing that we got into this. Week. Yes, and, and but, you know, um, in Facebook, evil. It really is. Yeah. It's horrible. What <laughs> like, better way to be misunderstood? And uh, you know, yeah, yeah. You cannot hear tone true. or intent at all. That's probably by design. Yeah, you don't get too. to see the wink. You know, it's like, yeah. come on, man. You That's really true. think I'd say something like that maliciously? They're it's probably, obviously meant to be funny. Right. I think they're conditioning us to be able to handle artificial intelligence when it comes along because it's not going to have any sort of sense of humor. At least it won't be a human sense of humor. And I don't know, man. Some of the shit they're doing with AI nowadays, it's it's, it's getting insane. insane. Like it can fake it, but it can't, it can't fool a human. It makes me question. I don't know, man. Nothing has passed the Turing you know? test. No, yet. but man, it's getting there. Am it's, I even real? Yeah. Or am I just a figment of someone else's imagination? Right. There's hundreds and hundreds of different versions of you. I, I fully agree with that every your the way you view me is one version. Mm-hmm. The way Mike views me is another version. The way I view myself is another. Nobody knows who you really are. You can't define who you are to somebody else. Well, I present myself differently, too. I mean, we all do that, too. That's Mm -hmm. a whole other level to it. The problem is, is you can't be the object and the subject. You're Mm -hmm. obviously not this. You're aware that you're not this. Yet, this seems to be what defines you on a sight level. And it's, you know... It ends up with a lot of feelings of confusion about self because you will not separate the subject from the object. 
Hmm. No, that's yeah, deep. But uh, well, I think that's enough for tonight. Yeah, bitching and moaning about mental health. Y'all suck it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking but beat your face. It, it's it's. I'll, I'll just say it there though. That like I I have two friends. No. Um, one of them lives in China now. I haven't seen him in years. My mm-hmm. other buddy's back in Ohio. I haven't seen him in years. Still friends, but like I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't connect well with people, and that's that's my problem. But um, I think we need to open up more and and yeah network on a personal yeah, level and too. Be, I mean, um, vulnerable a little bit. Um, which I'm the the fucking one person who needs that advice the most. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, it's... Um, I, I, you know, I've been labeled as unapproachable or intense or scary or whatever, you know, and I'm like, man, I'm just fucking keeping it myself. Yeah. Like, you know, um, so. I know at work, I'm an asshole. I know that. Mm. And I mean, I have to be. And, and then the wife hears about that from other people yeah. and it's like what because like no I'm a fucking teddy bear at home yeah but that's what's been really funny to be in my position as you've ventured in this whole podcast and vote Matt thing is yeah. hearing people's perspectives of you <laughs> or who they think you are or the type of person they think you are yeah and I'm like you know out of this whole group out of everybody on that vote map page mm. i know you better than any of them yeah out of all that that list of people and it's so funny the thing is like this is this is me mm-hmm. this is I, this yeah, is really me it is it very but much is but then they don't also, believe it yeah they want maybe. it sometimes it's like they want you to be they have this preconceived notion of who you are and then they won't accept it when you're presenting who you really are. They yeah. won't accept it. I it's literally, I literally really thought funny. he was someone else. Yeah. That, you know, that I, I actually went out and shot guns with and That's talked funny. to him. Completely. I've been thinking that since I joined the group because <laughs> the person that invited me, to, that sent me the invite to join the group, I think uh-huh. she thinks that you're him too. Oh, oh. that's funny. <laughs> well, that's fine. He can get fucking... Harassed by you the are a <laughs> you are one of Matt. You're one of the most genuine people I know. You are who you are. Right. Let's end the podcast. No, listen <laughs> for a second though, because because truly, like people need to just take you for 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 what you are and what you present to them. Okay. There's denialism. Denialism. On both sides here. <laughs> On both sides. <laughs> I'm nobody special. I know you. I know that. And uh, I want people to think for themselves and to ask questions of themselves and of others. And I want to ask you to open your minds. Don't trust the government. And Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Paul, for coming. Thank you for having me. We're going to do it again, man. This is fun. We're going to close with a uh, different song than normal. Awesome. Uh, um, The song's called uh, What We Leave Behind by Chuck Reagan. Just feels like it fits a little better than the the normal funk. But uh, we'll be back next time with that, too. Yeah. Thanks, guys.
Oh, you. 